Hello, Attactioneers. Welcome to the Attack Action Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Morrow. What's up? Baltimore is coming in hot. It's coming up really fast, and I'm uh, pretty excited. That's Isaac Jessen, the other host of this podcast. For those of you who are tuning in for the very first time, thank you. We appreciate that you're here hanging out with us. You're psyched for Baltimore. I am psyched for Baltimore as well to don my flesh and blood jersey, sit on my couch, and throw my penalty flags at the TV while I watch the live stream. It's going to be great. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we do the same intro every time. You know, I figured I could mix up. I'm actually nervous for Baltimore. I, um, I, I've been so busy. Like it turns out you don't do any of your stuff for three months. Then you have to do, do all that stuff again. So unfortunately I've been too busy to, um, to practice as much as I would like to get ready for Baltimore, but I have already bought the plane ticket and Airbnb. So we're going. Who are you staying we're with? Saying kick some ass. Yeah. There's a, like a group of them that got a house. Oh, um, sweet. Yeah. But are you in the same room sleeping with Zane? Because that's the move. <laughs> Last time you top aided nationals when Zane was sharing your same air. So I, <laughs> I hope you're you're trying to recreate that whole experience. He's a very good player. I don't know how often I can steal his power before he he <laughs> dies, but you know. <laughs> Also, one of the shout out to last podcast, one of your new superpowers from surviving the uh, Pitts plague is uh, you're some sort of vampire slash lich and you have a third arm. So if you don't know what we're talking about, listen to the previous episodes of the podcast. (laughs) On to uh, this episode's topic, we're going to be talking about uh, our meta predictions or how we think the tournament will go and then talk a little bit about tournament prep um, leading into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But before we get to that, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the news. Uh, first up, I uh, this is not in the order. It is in the notes, but I want to throw this one up top. Uh, curveball. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I wear my pants backwards and it's crazy. Shout out to Chris Cross. I used to have that on tape. This is like, what a great hip hop duo. Uh, (laughs) Arcane Games and Events is going to be putting on their second battle hardened LA that is in Pasadena, City of Roses. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I will be there. I'm unsure if I will be a part of the casting team. I'm pretty sure. But Justin, if you're listening, please uh, confirm or deny what I'll be doing. But I'll be there and uh, it's going to be just like a great time. I can't wait. Isaac, are you going? Uh, Highly unlikely. I'll most likely be working. But that's crazy. I don't know yet. Okay. Well, I could just throw away my career and go, or I could not do that. But. Well, if you win Pro Tour Baltimore, that's setting you up for the the run of a lifetime. So might as well hold off being a firefighter 
while you can be a professional card player. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Totally. But I'm going to be there. I can't wait. Um, I I, uh, personally want to spend a bit more time in the Southern California area than we did last time. So I can uh, perhaps sample some of the um, niceties that Pasadena has to offer. I've just realized also, this is just, I know this is total tangent, but Colin lives right next to one of my favorite um, menswear boutiques. Shout out to Snake Oil Provisions. And so (laughs) I'm going to do some shopping. (laughs) Nice. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I have been home alone I, I don't know. all day and haven't. You're the first person I've talked to. So, oh, nice. Besides Hilda. Yeah. Who is my dog? Nice. More news. Moving right what along. What else you got? Skirmish season has wrapped up. And before this final weekend, it was like uh, Icelander had to win like six skirmishes and Oldham had to win like three and then they living legend out of the format which is just great I think without those two decks and no new set on the horizon the format will really open up and that'll be great very excited about that and Kano can run free <laughs> yeah I agree I mean I love to play me some Kano um yeah, that'll be good. It's just like Icelander is kind of fundamentally broken in Blitz, right? That play pattern of the consistency of back-to-back turns along with disruption is just like a lot of the game is designed for constructed and limited, right? Like not designed for Blitz. And so sometimes things happen like this where, I don't know, you ban a bunch of cards from a hero and they're still just they're just fundamentally really good, you know? And um It'll just be better when she's out of blitz. Yeah. Bottom line. Well, and she's just one of those heroes that plays the first half of a classic constructed game to get you to that second half where you're like sub 20 life, you know, and you just start there. So you're like, yeah, if she's already, 18, you're great. <laughs> yeah. You're already where she wants to be uh, in terms of like enacting a very strong game plan and that sort of thing so yeah it's very kano-esque yeah totally wizards good in blitz final piece of news and this will be a bit more i think of a discussion perhaps uh lss so if if you've been living under a rock and haven't been paying attention there are two separate prints of outsiders so you get one from Belgium and one from Japan and the pack coalition is uh, quite a bit different in both of those. And so pro players have been kind of asking what packs are we going to be using for pro tour Baltimore? Because, uh, you know, I need to read signals and if I can understand what the coalition is in this pack, then I can more easily send signals and read signals and that sort of thing. And so finally, LSS put out an article about it. Yeah. And they basically said that they have a solution 
and they believe it's the best solution and that's it that's all they're going to tell you and you need to yeah, they... get good at draft to be doing well at the pro tour so yeah, isaac said quit 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 your whining yes that's all you're gonna get what it's are your snarky yeah what are your thoughts about this whole situation um yeah i thought the article was a little snarky but um maybe we were a little bit uh entitled <clears throat> excuse me being like oh we deserve exact pack collation you know right i mean they do put it on their like product sheet or yeah, yeah. you know what i mean yeah totally um i i just meant from like a broader view a little bit i guess like right. um not all games give you exact pack collation and it's not a part of all draft formats so while we thought it was a staple piece of information in flesh and blood, uh, apparently they were fine with it not being, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And for me, I definitely understand the frustration with getting those numbers and practicing for a specific collation and then finding out that uh, actually you don't get to know that information. Um, so maybe your like efforts or like time was or energy or whatever was like a bit wasted. Um, for me personally, I don't care. Uh, I <laughs> have not had the time to like practice drafting this set. And I actually very much enjoy kind of like a bit more fluidity in draft. Like I like to draft my seat. I like, uh, yeah, I guess I like a fluid um, in the moment draft experience. And I'm not like trying to discount anybody's concern about, you know, like, like, obviously, if you're a pro player, you want to prep the best you can with all the information you can have. Totally understand. For me, I, you know, I'm playing a game that I love and I do like, uh, you know, doing it, doing it by feel a bit. So personally, it doesn't bother me at all. What's your take on this? Well, there's like a couple of things. One, Brian Gottlieb got on Twitter and had kind of a certain comment. Uh, I'm not going to go find it. Everybody can go find it if they want. But it was along the lines of thinking about the average Joe who is qualified for the Pro Tour and that if you had a team of people working out the pack coalition and, you know, the numbers and that sort of thing that they would have an advantage over average Joe and that they did not want to have that type of scenario happen to somebody and perhaps their first draft at a professional level, which I kind of don't agree with that. <laughs> like if, uh, you've qualified for the pro tour you are now like this is the highest level of flesh and blood we get to right so if the other team it's like so let's use an, an analogy so if the other team you're playing against in a basketball game is practicing their uh, specific plays for when the ball is out of bounds at 
the hoop they want to score at under the hoop or on the sideline and they have specific plays to score out of those and you decide like nah you know we're like also not gonna do that then you're just like not giving yourself like the the best advantage or you're like not practicing before your playoff game you know what i mean like you're you're involved in this thing and you're not gonna and you're not like doing all of the stuff like a professional would do that's like not the game we're playing does that make sense so it's like if you're not going to do it that's fine you know but the game would be to uh practice at the highest level that you're currently at you know what i mean but yeah am i making sense yeah i still think that you can test the top players draft ability without a known exact pack collation. Totally. That's the other thing I'm going to say as well, is that whatever the game is, if I'm a professional player at that level, I'm just going to play whatever game they tell me to play because I'm there to like compete and test myself against the highest level. So if they're saying like, Hey, brand new pack collation, you don't know what's going on. You're, you're not going to know what's going on. Awesome. Totally fine. You know what I mean? But just the combination of that article and a little bit of the Twitter discourse, I was like, I don't know if we're handling this the right way. You know what I mean? Pro tours are not for everybody. You have to be the singular person to win a pro quest to get there. You know what I mean? So it's not like yeah. it's not like we're trying to be inclusive in in that mm-hmm. in that type of way. It's a very competitive scenario. So those are my yeah. thoughts about it, I suppose. Go ahead. Yeah, there's no need to spend energy to make the like pro tour like beginner friendly, you know, right. like they exactly. have laxer rules. They already have lax rules at like pro quests and road to nats and things that like kind of irk me actually, because I've been in situations where you're like Okay, we play take backsies now or whatever, you know. (laughs) You don't need to like have that kind of like sympathy at the pro tour, right? Like everybody's there to play. And some people are there to shark, you know, and it's just like, yeah, there's no room for that. Um, Yeah, I don't really agree with the, I didn't see that tweet, but the sentiment of that tweet, because it's like, so I don't have a testing team going to the pro tour. We haven't had a testing team team leading up till now so anybody with a large team on day one is going to scout all the packs right yeah or like record their packs or memorize them or whatever and are going to know if there's like if it's all belgian boxes day one maybe it's all japanese day two who knows right but anybody with a big enough team is going to like instantly have all that data and somebody like me is not going to so it's not like i guess it maybe kind of levels the playing field like you know the first draft day one but you know i don't know it just seems like kind of a stretch right like yeah i don't know he's like he's presenting an argument for something that's not like the the issue (laughs) yeah no yeah totally the like uh leveling the playing field is just not how competition works (laughs) you know or else they would all be ira starter deck mirrors you know (laughs) 
or like everybody on the basketball team has to be the same height. You know, competition is just not equal. It's not fair already. So like, let's yeah, just totally. get, o- let's just get over that right now. Yeah. Like I might be taller than Michael Hamilton, but his brain is better than mine for this specific thing we're doing. You know what I mean? So that's not fair. Mm. So I just got to deal with it and I got to practice 12,000 hours more than him. Yeah. It's not fair that like, you know, Michael Hamilton gets his brain, you know, and Yuki gets her brain, you know, I just have to use my brain. It's not fair at all. Totally. Your brain sucks. (laughs) Just kidding. You have a great brain. You have actually a very large head. So huge brain. Thank you. I think I'll just say thank you. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. I hope you fucking crush it at draft. That's it for the news. Shout outs. Got some shout outs. All right. I'll go first here. I just wanted to shout out because I don't think I have yet. Savage land news um, on YouTube. They make great content and um, put in the effort to make quality productions. And you can tell they're like, have pride in what they do. You know what I mean? It's not like, uh, like high volume to get views or clickbaity or like formulate, you know, it's like they're mm. making good shit. So great job. Hell yeah. Keep it up. That's all I got. <laughs> Shout out for me is to Hamish from the push the point podcast. He was nice enough to do a interview with me that's up on their YouTube page. And I had a ton of fun. So before we're recording, here's a little peek behind the curtain. He's uh, it's Easter and he's like, Hey mate, I like, you know, I don't have a beer or anything. I've just been drinking all day. I was like, Oh, well I definitely have one because I knew I was coming on your show. And he's like, okay, fuck it. Hold on. And just like throws his headphones off rummages around and comes back (laughs) with like a beer, a couple of beers. And then, you know, we're off to the races. It was great. It was just like (laughs) that. It was, there wasn't any thought like, well, okay, you convinced me. It was just like, oh, sweet. Okay, here we go. <laughs> totally. Also, you can't be drinking all day and then make something like that because then you're crashing, right? You'd have to have another beer to keep yourself on the up. Yeah, totally. Right, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> on that note, we'll wrap up shout outs, but we do have a audio listener question that was, uh, beamed or physically mailed on a cassette tape to us. Um, <laughs> one of those. Why don't you take it away? Hey, Darth Prentice here, uh, because I got bullied into pausing your podcast to ask you a question. Uh, this is for Battlebro Taylor. I would love to know if you've been running Pummel in your Azuri list. Um, if not, I would recommend it. It's oodles of fun. Uh, but additionally, I would just love to know what card you're having the most fun playing Peekaboo in on the combat chain against your opponent. Okay. Thank you, Darth Prentice, for that wonderful question. If you want to send us a question, do so right now on your phone. Get the voice memo app open that every phone has. Record it. Email the attack action podcast at gmail.com and you'll get to be famous like Darth Prentice. So 
Do I run Pummel in Uzuri? No. Pummel is a trap. I tried it. And even though it's like pretty sweet, it lets you play like a four card hand. It's like most of the time, why do I have all of these cards? It's really hard to, or like what happened last turn to where I have all of these cards, you know, like I just took 15 damage and now I'm, I guess also going to do that back. Maybe I took 25 damage because it's like three of a kind Lexi. Anyway, uh, I find it really hard to run pummels. It's like pummel viscerai, not a thing, you know? If your weapon can't be pummeled, it's just really awkward to have pummel in your deck, in my opinion. So I haven't been doing that. And I tried it. Missouri has less targets too. Yeah, exactly. Like Guardian or whatever. Plus Guardian like pitches four for Endless Winter and it has two floating. Yeah. Like their cost curve is built around pummel. Mm-hmm. with tectonic plating in there maybe yeah i'm just weighing in i don't i don't know totally could do uh, a, yeah. a cheeky one of so i could at some point like to pitch a blue of the like 15 i run so might not have one and then you know have one floating tunic resource up boom cnc pummel shakedown pummel etc uh which we might get back there to like one pummel, but I have not, I haven't been doing that. So sorry. I'm glad you're having fun though with your pummel Azuri deck. Thank you so much for the question. We really appreciate it. What's the name of that card that was short printed? Surgical Extraction. Yeah. That card is, should be an Arachne specialization. That card is fucked up in Azuri. <laughs> It's not. It, it depends on the matchup. Okay. You know, it just gets for that card, you get two cards, yeah. including one out of their hand, yeah. which is so powerful. Anyway, it's freaking sweet. Yeah, it's pretty. The other day, I had, I was playing against Dash and I was just basically looping Black Text, which was sick because I'm doing, <laughs> I'm trying out this like, hybrid contract stealth list and i did uh leave no witness he blocked shred black text got some reds then stealth blam shakedown got another red from hand and got three silver it was awesome (laughs) anyway my least favorites when they play eradicate and do something tricky. Cause then I'm like, I'm winning, but I just went from 23 to 13 cards in deck. Right. So I'm still winning, but we got to re- win really fast now, you know, like <laughs> it's a big eradicate. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty nuts. Uh, last thing before we get into the main topic of the pod is join our Patreon. So, now we are consistently putting out basically four different pieces of content every month. So if you subscribe at Patreon for $4 bottom tier, that's a dollar per episode. So you get two episodes of the podcast. 
you get the reaction step. And if you're a patron, you get our patron exclusive time snap podcast where we pop a time snap and talk about whatever we want that's not flesh and blood related because we got so many action points now. And it's been great. We've been loving doing it. People have loved it. So that's $1 per basically minimum hour podcasts a month. Would it, yeah. I think Less Michael Hamilton. Hour, that's pretty good. Michael Hamilton would say that's good value. Yeah, that is that is good value. Thanks, Michael. Thanks. <laughs> it is. You're right. <laughs> I should. I need to get a sound bite of that and clip it. Clip it in right there. Um, also, you got to check out. I don't my, know if that's legal. <laughs> I totally can. It's a free podcast. Sorry, what were you saying? Go ahead. F- friend of the show. Uh, streaming. I'm streaming on the weekends. Although I didn't do it this weekend because I was. It's too much going on, but. Saturday mornings, I've been streaming. Uh, last one was a pretty fun Arachne Solitary Confinement Blitz session. And there were some pretty wild games out there. A lot of binges, a lot of weird binge decks. It was really fun. Which segue into our We Build, You Build segment that I'm doing with Colin. So for this last month of May, we uh, built... Rackney Solitary Confinement, a.k.a. A-S-C. And we put it out there to the, the community and anybody else who wanted to join us also built ASC and played with it during the month however they wanted. And we're going to have a special episode uh, next week, last week, before April is over kind of about our experience and your experience, the listener. So make sure you tune in to that. And we'll probably do another one of those. Unsure when, but it was a good exercise and we had a lot of fun. So with that, let's get into the main topic. Isaac, go. So our main topic this uh episode is like i said the uh our predictions for baltimore and then some some uh some thoughts on prepping for baltimore so first off let's get into uh oh that was loud <laughs> no, hit your watch on your mic they're both metal <laughs> um, let's look at um, um how we see the meta as it stands and then kind of give our thoughts on like some of the interactions or matchups or how we would look at uh, targeting that meta or just performing well in it. Right. So um, Taylor, why don't you um, tell me what decks you're looking at as top performers? Well, there's the, and watch out for your mic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, there's the, it, it seems like the meta is pivoting off of the Rangers. So they're currently basically doing the most powerful stuff in flesh and blood. So you have to have something that plays well into those. And so now we've kind of got this like uh, this old hymn haze over the meta. That's like 
you know, tamping, tamping down the Rangers. So that's kind of like the baseline of kind of where the Met is at. Um, and we don't have too much like public data, you know, today's the 23rd when we're recording and I'm pretty sure we finally got like all of the rounds of Baltimore out on on stream on youtube to watch and see if there was anything any innovations and that sort of thing um so that's kind of what we have going on so you have the rangers and then you have people bringing old him to beat the rangers or then you have the like the second level of that which is this other deck beats rangers and it plays okay into old him or this deck just beats old him, right? So that's kind of the sphere we're going to be operating in for Baltimore. Now, where in that diagram you want to land is kind of like a personal preference at this point. This is my hot take, is that we're just gonna get a specialist is gonna win the Pro Tour. That's it. Yep. I can definitely see it too because uh, the paths to the finals on the Pro Tour are like vastly different, right? Mm-hmm. So a strong player on their deck and the right path, you know, is certainly like, I guess, the easiest path there. Not that it would be easy, right? But um, yeah, and I, I agree. Like, that's what I look at first, right? Like, okay, you have to be able to beat old him. I like firmly believe it's the best deck, right? Like it's not the best deck into every matchup, but it's just it's matchup spread is superior to probably every other heroes, right? Like even the decks that can beat it, um, it's like you don't love that matchup, right? Like Icelander can beat it, Dromai can beat it, Briar can beat it for sure. Kano can beat it. Um, the Kano matchup is pretty good, actually. Um, even Lexi can beat it, but it's just like you never feel super confident because old him can be built um, in a variety of ways. And uh, even the aggressive version still blocks extremely well and can uh, always trade for good value, right? So that's what I'm looking at first, right? You like have to be able to play into old him or like hope you get really lucky. I don't know. <laughs> and then um, I'm looking at Rangers, Dromai, and Briar mostly is kind of the top of my list. Um, obviously, it's difficult to be all of those decks. And um, like, especially Briar can be built very differently. You can kind of have the three for sevens and everything blocks for four Briar, which is kind of annoying, actually. <laughs> or the like hyper aggressive go, right, go wide channel Mount Heroic Briar, which. Um, you know, hasn't had as much talk maybe um, probably because of old him, but uh, I think that deck is still quite good. Right. Um, and then, so under that, like I have like you have dash, Uzuri, Kano, Icelander, Katsu, Dori, Bravo, right? Like I think that all of those decks could do really, really well, but I just don't think they're the strongest picks and like banking on playing that particular matchup is pretty low odds. I think when you're going, um, but they're like, they're all considerations, right? Like Dory has a really good, at least Lexi matchup 
I don't know about Azalea, but um, I think odds are it has a good Azalea matchup as well. So, um, you know, definitely not. None of those decks are like poor picks. Um, I would lump Viscerai in there, but I just have Viscerai pretty low because Briar is the superior rune blade at the moment. Um, totally. Give you a second to like scream at me. <laughs> no, okay. I, I I went down that <laughs> thought. <laughs> that that theoretical area i was like so wait a second so if azalea and lexi are around let's just say there's more azalea so then we got some dromies floating around who are like trying to beat azalea and then we got old him is viscerai actually the sleeper secret pick hmm that's exciting and then i was like I guess if you're thinking about a rune blade, you might as well just play Briar because it's just better. <laughs> yeah. So then I was like, oh man, my hopes are freaking crushed. So there you go. But yeah. I think in that vein, we still could see like a sneaky viscerai build kind of do pretty well. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that deck still has like above curve value. Right. When you're like, you know, doing some of its like three card combos or whatever big turns, mm-hmm. like still very powerful. Yeah. Yeah, it totally is. And it can handle kind of dragons and, uh, you know, other stuff that you're, mm-hmm. you're doing to it. So, yeah. Um, <sighs> this is kind of, I really enjoy it more open meta like this um i know some people like a pretty closed meta or i don't even know if that's what you call it but like a two or three deck or one deck meta because it's really easy to like train for and tech for and get like really into the minutia of the matchup or the mirror you know but um i kind of like a a broader meta it makes it a little more exciting um because like in addition to the decks i just mentioned right you um I don't think have a good chance of seeing, but you should probably at least theorize about a game plan for like running into like a Katsu or a Fi, right? Or a pretty aggressive deck or just like the most aggressive Briar deck. Um, in addition to that, you also have to have some idea of a game plan for Fatigue Old Him or Fatigue Dash. Um, I don't personally think those decks are very good because you have like no agency and... You know, like if Briar just puts in the like, you know, rights, et cetera, like tech or, you know, like Kano can beat it, Lexi can beat it, Dromai can beat it, you know, like if somebody prepared for it, you have like no agents, like, oh, my opponent called my bluff or, you know, like knows what I'm doing. So now I have to pivot to this game plan or whatever, you know, you're just like screwed because your cards are bad. Right. So, um, I don't know, (laughs) maybe I'm a little biased because I don't prefer that play style, but I just don't think that's a great pick, but I do think people will bring it. Right. So, um, in addition to like everything else you have to think about, there's also like running into Katsu or running into like deep fatigue, trying to catch people out, um, which is a lot to plan for. So I think when, you know, when you're picking your hero and looking at the spread, it's like, you're not going to be happy with your pick, which I think is what gets a lot of people down, right? Is that you're still <laughs> like, well, I have these two like not good matchups and they're good decks people could bring. Um, but, you know, what, what are you going to do? Yeah. Makes it interesting. 
I, still I, game we play for fun. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think it's a very interesting meta that's about to happen. And I also kind of prefer this um, because like for, for two reasons, one, the dream that because it's so open, you could do it and top eight, you know, and two, the exact same reason for us on the couch at home it makes for more exciting storylines. You know what I mean? Like we don't want to see like, even though, you know, you could argue that it was like kind of fun, but like, we just don't want to see another like Starvo versus chain prism versus Starvo chain versus prism. You know what I mean? Like on the stream at home, we don't want to see just those repeatedly. You know what I mean? We want to see if somebody's like, all of a sudden, Reinar's 4-0, you know? Final round of Swiss before we go to draft or whatever. Like, that's much more exciting from a uh, spectator standpoint. Um, <clears throat> but then, really, go ahead, go ahead. Well, just on that note, like, it also, it, like, opens up a little breathing room. So it's, like, also just exciting to see, like, you know, like, oh, snap this is an ice lexi or like a red line uzuri yeah or like a hyper aggro old him they're not like fatiguing anything they're just pummeling you into the ground you know like even that kind of thing because like the aforementioned matchups that you talked about that we all saw plenty of times like were semi-solved and there was no room for um innovation because the meta wasn't changing or broad at all right like you had to beat star turbo so you couldn't like get kind of creative or weird with it. Um, and I think that in this meta there, you could, right. Cause it's like, everybody thinks like he's fuseless. And then you're like buried under frostbites. Suddenly it costs you two cards to block with your defense reaction or whatever. Um, yeah. So I think even that is like pretty exciting that even if seeing one of the, the better heroes, you see like three for seven Briar sick, you know, <laughs> great, great value. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I I think Lexi is in a, is in maybe the best spot out of all of the top heroes. Just if we're if we're saying the most represented heroes are going to be uh old him both two two out of the three rangers, Dromai and Briar, you know? I think Lexi has the best chance to go the distance out of the top decks. That's my my final pick. Mm. Nice. That's what I'm going for. Um, you got any dark horse, dark horses you're looking out for? Well, my dark horse is my girl, Azuri, for sure. Nice. There's a lot to be explored, I think, in that deck. Um, and, you know, maybe somebody has been in the dungeon uh you know training and is is coming out with some some extra little bits of spice on how to play that deck and attack the meta um i know i certainly have been trying to theorize on how to make the old him matchup like a little bit better uh and that sort of thing and then okay so i'll just tell you what my my new theory is because uh 
Nice. There's like one other Azuri player listening on the podcast who's like, what are you doing? So my idea is to blend the contracts and the stealth cards for, uh, you, you know, to help you in the old him matchup. Uh, just because like, even if you just use plunder the poor, if you, you know, cast that three times and just deal 12 damage off of that and get three cards, that's like really good value. Even if you don't make any silver, because one of the things old him is leveraging against you is the sledge and trying to deck you a little bit. And so you can kind of like keep up a bit of card tempo that way if you have a healthy amount of contracts but then you don't want to lose out on azuri's ability which is really good um and then like just playing into uh bigger turns where you can make sure you have like a shred when you like spiders bite into azuri activation and make sure you like shred them so you get like a little bit of damage through and whatever disruption you're going to have, uh, you know, because all of Azuri's like the best cards you're running, like outside of CNC. So like Death Touch, Shakedown, and if you're running Surgical Extraction, uh, like those nine cards do like a lot of broad work against basically all of the heroes. So if you can get those off, you know, you can gain quite a bit more tempo and ability to like close out the game. So those are my thoughts and what has been having some success in testing. Nice. It's like you're speaking a foreign language. (laughs) (laughs) Not to the initiated though. I know I have not played a single user game. Although I very much like the hero. She's so cool. Nice. There's just a lot nowadays, you know? There totally is. There totally is. So before we move on to draft and like, because I, you know, I think we have a lot to say about draft as well. Uh, Do you, have you picked your deck for Baltimore? Do you want to unveil that on the podcast? I have not. Um, I haven't, but I'll talk about my decision process a little bit when we move on to the, my constructed prep. We're moving on to that right now. That was the segment. Oh, you want to talk about that before draft? Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in the in the outline here, actually, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, there we go. Fixed it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, physical humor for the listeners at home. <laughs> yeah, you know, a, a visual humor is is always the best in audio formats for sure. <laughs> but it's like, what name one podcast that doesn't do that? Totally, I'll I'll be waiting right here. You couldn't come up with one exactly, so get off our backs. Yeah, or right. hop on. Nice. I'm it. strong. I can carry you. I got you right now. Okay, go ahead. Um, all right. Okay, so um, in Classic Constructed, as you know, I only play a few heroes, so my pool is limited. Um, thought about Kano, Azalea, Lexi, or Dromai. And 
Um, I've kind of ruled Kano out because at first he looks good because Kano loves mid-range, right? Like a mid-range meta where the Rangers are keeping down the um, aggro decks is like the dream. Um, I also like the Kano old him matchup. Old him just does not threaten you enough and only draws four cards every two turns. Um, <laughs> but uh, Kano's out for me because... A Lexi is a bit tough with the amount of damage and disruption she uh, threatens, including now inertia um, and heart of ice thrown in there. Also, it's like, you know, you can work around that, but it just makes it harder. So Lexi's not great. Um, the amount of like weird fatigue decks and a spite running around um, in those decks is like also kind of tough not because of the fatigue decks necessarily, but just because of the presence of that card. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's the reason it's out for me. Like, it's just, like, if it was just Azalea, maybe I'd, like, be testing more into it. But um, it's not. It's too much. Dromai is really tough as well. <laughs> so, especially if, like, big dragon Dromai is, like, more, you know, stronger now. Everybody's off the, like, totally red list so <laughs> yeah just get total tied turn one yeah or you know um no, there goes your boots oh that's why i'm off the there goes your, there dope, goes your but, tunic well, yeah i mean that's only one card in the deck but then it's like oasis and sand cover um yeah you know, it's like pretty tough um and then i would really love to take azalea i firmly believe azalea is like the best deck right now at doing her game plan right mm -hmm. it's like pretty linear you get one or two tall attacks or right and with hit effects but now she does 15 damage or like 11 dominate with a debilitating on hit and it's like very very powerful um it is a deck to beat though and i have not had the like time to play azalea into like uh, old him teched for Azalea, you know, or like every deck right now teched for Azalea. So um, as much as I love that hero and love playing that deck, just going in kind of blind and trying to like, you know, be like I said, especially old him who's teched to beat you um, does not sound very fun. Um, the matchup may be fine, but you know, again, I'd be going in kind of blind. So it's just like, it's out. So the two decks I'm choosing between are Lexi and Dromai. Um, hmm. I've played a few games of Lexi so far, like my list isn't dialed or anything, but it just does really powerful things, right? Like it has a really strong spread into a lot of different heroes. And now with, like premeditates and heat seekers and codex, your like card velocity is a lot more. Whereas you used to have a huge kind of broken turn, but then you would have to take a turn off to like set up another six card hand, right? Because you still have to like draw mm -hmm. those cards and set them up. So then the it's like, yay, big turn, but then another turn is like not, you know, <laughs> it's like underwhelming. But now you have like this card velocity that's really, really powerful and can kind of uh, allow you to keep the pressure up um with a bit of luck so that all feels great right um lexi can also beat old him um 
it can beat Dromai as well, even though that's a tough matchup. But um, I think kind of what turns me off Lexi a little bit is I think the Azalea matchup is pretty tough. And, you know, uh, Azalea might be a good call if you expect a bunch of Lexis, to be honest, right? Like Lexi's a bit more flexible. It's like a bit better into old him or, you know, kind of like fatigue, that kind of deck. But um, Dromai is tough. Azalea is tough. You know, old him isn't easy either. So when you start looking at um, the kind of the matchups into some of these top decks, I I mean, maybe you don't say you're unfavored, but it's like it's tight, right? It's not like you're feeling strong going into it. And so then looking at Dromai, um, kind of the same thing. I really like the uh, the Dromai matchup spread. And it's even like it's really good into some heroes like um like I like the Dory matchup, right? Whereas Lexi, I don't like the Dory matchup. And I don't expect there to be a lot of Dories, but just for example, some of those random matchups. Um, it's nice if as Dromai you feel comfortable into top decks and then like a lot of the other decks also is just like a secure feeling. Um Dromai struggles if you run into Phi or Katsu, um, which Katsu is I don't think a great pick, but potentially good enough. It could be there. And Lexi for me is a bit of a question mark now. Like I think Dromai is favored, but now if Lexi isn't like a uh, kind of an auto win or like a, a really in your favor matchup, it, it, it makes it a bit more of a question mark. Right. Cause like playing into old him is tough. Like you can definitely beat old him, but it's not easy. So then if playing into Lexi is also not easy, you know, you're starting to be not favored also um, just in your matchup spread. And then finally looking at Briar, who I think is, you know, I mean, I don't know how Briar is a sleeper, but you know, it's somehow, <laughs> somehow like the sleeper deck or the top decks, um, I know some people disagree with me and it's like, oh, Briar's fine. It's like, draw my favorite. So easy. it's like, yeah, fine, whatever. But uh, I don't think Briar is that easy of a matchup. You can certainly win. You can certainly get blown out. Right. Um, and so now that we're looking at the top matchups, um, Dromai and Lexi both have pros and cons for me. Um, their matchups are a bit different, but they both are strong decks that are not like, it's not like I'm spiking the meta, right? Or right. it's not like I'm, I'm like feeling really good. I'm, I'm like bringing the counter and hope I don't run into prism or fire or whatever. It's like the matchups are going to be tough, right? And I love both these heroes and I love their play patterns. I have more reps on Dromai lately, although I kind of picked it up again and I was like pretty rusty, <laughs> pretty rough. Like I was like, uh, man, but, um, anyway, I guess there, there's my long rant about my mm -hmm. thought process looking at it. And, uh, that's why I've not decided yet. Right. I've felt like I've kind of sussed it out and maybe I'll squeak in a, another game or two, um, early this week before I fly out. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's really feels like really tight margins and like, you're kind of gambling a bit. Right. Like, well, yeah, of course you are. Do I, am I bringing Lexi hoping I face more briars and like, um, 
the old hymns are, you know, I guess more benign and I can like set up huge combos or do I bring Dromai and just like, I'm still favored in a ranger. Right. And I like my old hymn matchup, you know, it's like not, not easy questions. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely not. And, uh, that's a great breakdown. Uh, I mean, so I think if we watched Richmond battle hardened, I specifically, I like skipped matchups. I didn't care about, but I, we do see some Rangers beat the old hymns and mm-hmm. Brody Spurlock does lose to an old hymn in the top four, but he kind of gets azalea a little bit or like Ranger inconsistency, mm-hmm. right? A little bit. He's like suffers from in that matchup of like, uh oh, blocked with too many arrows too many pumps left in the deck, you know, to be able to get the extra dominated arrow. And so we got to pass like the turn and that sort of thing, you know? So it, it like is possible. And I can definitely see the reason to like not bring a ranger because of those sort of things. You can get like a little bit of bad luck, but I suppose also the, inverse is true as well is you could just be hot fire and then just you know win the whole thing yeah that's a very good point um that's i've kind of always seen it that's like the like i'd call it like the briar phenomenon or whatever advantage right is like you kind of just auto win like one in five games yeah you know whatever which is (laughs) like yeah like a a pretty good perk right and i feel like lexi definitely has that um yeah for sure i was gonna gonna say that lexi to me it's like a bit of a turnoff to me because lexi feels a bit high rolly now right like the deck's fairly consistent but just as far as doing well enough to win right like because i played old him matchups where i just run them over or you know but then I'll play another matchup where you kind of struggle because you kind of draw your cards like a bit clunky, yeah. you know, but they're too spread out to like pitch stack, like a fire hand. And you, I mean, you do okay, but you're like running out of cards and they're still at 16, like, you know, and you're just like, I'm not, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of small decision points of like what to pitch, what to play, what to arsenal, what to sixth card arsenal and like when to release them and when to gamble. And, you know, like, the stuff for sure but um some games i've played where i'm just like i just feel like my my hot combos just didn't they're a bit too diluted or they didn't line up quite good enough and you know you i guess you trade that for having like hot games as well but yeah Droma is kind of the polar opposite right where your cards block really well you're not doing anything like exceptionally powerful or broken but you except you for playing dragons pitch. yeah well Pitching a red is uh, underrate, so you do pay <laughs> for it. You do attack them with blue sweeping blow turns before to set this up. So, <laughs> um, but you know you're like your deck blocks well, and you can pitch stack, and you have a huge threat density, right? So you can really play patiently and choose your exchanges. Um, so not long as you're not getting like super high rolled right so that it's kind of a bit they're kind of like a dichotomy in that way right it's like the powerful high rolly deck a bit or the um 
you know, the, the more like old him or Icelander type deck, right. Where you're just like forcing the game into, um, you know, exchange decisions and, uh, playing the, playing the long con there. So that's like, I guess kind of the macro decision for me, just in terms of what I enjoy or what types of games I want to play, um, throughout the tournament, which is definitely a consideration. Um, but totally, I'm excited to talk to you more about this or, uh, you know, help you with this decision. I know you're going to make the right one for you and, uh, hopefully you're, you're happy with that decision. Are you running codex of inertia and frailty in Lexi? Or are you on that level of spice? No, I'm currently not on inertia. Okay. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I've only, so I've only played like, uh, five to 10 games with Lexi, um, recently. So like my, my deck and my, uh, you know, my ideas are just like in their infancy, but okay. Um, that's what I, that's what I have to work with. So. Okay. Well, you need to talk to Zane and, uh, get up to speed. Okay. That's, that's your homework. Okay. Zane, pick up the phone. <laughs> uh, um, go ahead. I was going to move into draft, uh, unless you want to do something else. Well, I was just going to say that like there's, so I'm not running art of war and Lexi either. Um, there's, there's always just this decision point of like, if you pack in too many of these like powerful, like above rate combo supporting cards, your deck just gets like better and better. Right. Until I feel like you kind of hit it like a critical mass, right? Like if you ran nine books and yeah. art of war and rain razors and three of a kind, then you also just kind of have like maybe too many off turns, right? Cause even like two books in a turn, then your value goes like way down. Cause you can only arsenal off one ponder. And even if you fetch a Bolton shot with one, it's just like, it doesn't even have go again. So yeah. Um, <laughs> That's, I guess that's my main argument for not running inertia is just like, like I'm running premeditate, right. And rain razors and three of a kind and codex of frailty. Right. So that's like 12 cards that are not arrows and block for two or less and don't really do shit you know? <laughs> like, yeah, totally on their own without like uh setup or um, the support of your powerful arrows, et cetera. So um, you know, that's just like the balance I'm looking at. Right. Um, speaking of, um, there's a, I mean, there's a lot to look at leading up to, um, the, the pro tour for me, at least. Right. Like, cause when I look at these decks, I, I like, <laughs> I'm trying to, are you, how to like, I'm just wondering if you're just going to go in a circle now. And we're no. we're just going to talk about the same thing, but no, no, for no. a second I was, time. I was uh, trying to think of how to formulate this, but use a bad sports analogy like I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just it got me around to like so like if I'm looking at Lexi, right? Then I have to look at 
okay, Lexi has different strategies into all, right? So do I have an ice package? Do I have a aggro package, right? Do I swap them right. in and out? If I do that, then I have no extra sideboard room for anything like, you know, arcane barrier or whatever, right? Or like, um, you know, I, I was looking at my old him deck and I noticed that teching to beat these, you know, X, Y, and Z top tier decks, I noticed that I had like I had finagled it too much or tweaked it too much. So now my like aggro package had like four defense reactions in it. No, like garbage <laughs> cards, you know, like four or five, like, I mean, like red block three cards or, you know, whatever, like they, they function in the deck, but your threat density goes down when you have to side in like your, uh, you know, I don't, dust from the shadow crypt or whatever, just to like make 60 in the aggro package. Um, and it's fine, right? It's like a red blocks three, you know, it pitches, it, it's whatever. But, you know, you notice that the deck is like less good when that isn't like three E strikes or scars or whatever. Um, so I guess all of this like tweaking, right? Like throwing in Codex of Inertia um, kind of upsets the balance of everything a bit and you have to like extensively test with it and make sure that um as you put in these different sideboard packages and enact these different game plans your balance is still maintained Does that all make sense yeah totally okay so that's to like totally the makes next sense. step of what i'm trying to like brainstorm with uh so little time um, totally. and it's why i kind of hesitated with that book question it's like well yeah obviously it's really good but <laughs> anyway yeah uh yeah talk to zane and you can watch it on the on his like game on the age open uh the most the newest one like round two or three uh, against briar yeah if you haven't watched yeah, i that saw game. that game okay sweet so you're up yeah. to speed uh <clears throat> the other thing that's like interesting is this is your first pro tour uh other than nationals um, but like the, you know, you can expect maybe the meta to also be a bit more narrow, mm -hmm. even though it's like a wide open meta, you know? So it's like how many reps on f versus Phi or viscerai do you really need? You know what I mean? Or like consideration of like cards. So you don't lose that matchup. You know what I mean? So yeah, a hundred percent. That's why I like bringing drum. My, I'm not worried about facing a Katsu, right? Katsu might show up mm -hmm. for fun. It might be good enough. Who yeah. knows? But it's yeah. like, that is not my concern. Right. Okay, my concern cool. It's like beating Lexi or whatever. Cool. It just like, seemed I like play, it was because it's in your notes. So it's just, it's just a bonus, right? It's like part of what you weigh when bringing the deck is to spread against the other decks. But yeah, but if, if you're not going to see that deck, like, or if your chances are like, you know, sub 10%, then I don't think that's really a consideration. You know what I mean? Well, it's a negative errant Katsu. The errant Katsu is, is rough, right? Briar's tough. Lexi question mark. <laughs> All right. You know, but yeah, if I play Katsu round one, you're just like, well, this wasn't the tournament for me. You know, what are you <laughs> supposed to do? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, do you want to move into draft now? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, sweet. We just played draft. We did. We had a great time. I three out the pod. 
I'm the G-O-D now. I'm back. I'm back, baby. I was having a very rough time with outsiders. I could not get my finger on the pulse or kind of figure out what was good in, in that sort of thing or what wasn't, you know what I mean? Uh, and now I feel a little bit better is basically my strategy for yesterday was uh, going into it. Don't fuck around with the bullshit <laughs> was basically my plan. And I actually had to pivot in the middle, not in the middle, early pack two into kind of a hero that uh, I had hedged to be in and it got a little dicey, but then it was like just good enough for me to three O the pod. So uh, what's my consensus on that? Uh, one of the things I think I have come to realize is I'm much, much lower on Seeker's equipment and that combo with peace of mind than I was previously. And I feel like that's kind of correct now. What are your, what are your thoughts about draft? I know this is like unsuccinct and maybe we should have started at a larger level, but I don't know. I uh, No, let's start at peace of mind and work our way backwards. <laughs> no, I agree with you. Like, so if I'm past a red peace of mind and I'm an assassin, um, I'll grab it. Or I mean, and there's like nothing else good in the pack, right? You're like deep into the pack. I'll grab it. And then I'll probably grab a seekers to pair with it. Sure. Or sometimes Seekers is pretty good because you can block Spider's Bites or Kadachi's turn zero without costing you cards out of your deck. I'm actually a pretty big fan of that. But that's like not at the expense of great cards in your deck or like better equipment pieces. So like oftentimes I'll end up like with the toxic tips and the head that blocks for one also, right? And then like Towards the end of packs, I'll fill in like Seeker's Legs and Seeker's Chest. Great. Protects me from Kadachis, don't lose cards out of deck, or pairs with a peace of mind if I'm in like Uzuri or, you know, like. But the the game is kind of like Outsiders. I mean, and this is maybe just the fundamentals of flesh and blood, but is really about reduce, is like managing your opponent's offense with damage. You know what I mean? So if you're mm -hmm. going to spend a card to seekers and another one to uh whatever it's called peace of mind then you just like don't have that many cards left in hand to threaten me which i know is like a basic part of the game but it seems like outsiders incentivizes you to do that but that is maybe also like a trap you know does that make sense Am I making sense? Yeah, it does. So I would okay. hopefully arsenal the peace of mind and play it when it's opportune, right? But still, you can save two cards and like, you know, Kadachi Humble or something. And this is still all only a four card hand. Mm. Um, I do think that uh, the stock in the peace of mind goes up when you're facing Ranger. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe it's only a sideboard card and comes out against... Um, you know, these other heroes, but maybe if you're playing Azuri, you arsenal it also, you know, I don't know. Um, 
I'm just saying I wasn't I wasn't trying to speak highly about it. I was just saying if the red one's passed and there's nothing else totally. going on and I'm an assassin, right? Um, yeah, I will grab the sideboard card. I agree. It like for sure has its role, but I thought I guess my point is I was higher on those cards in that combination previous mm-hmm. because before I drafted outsiders, I was like, this is kind of trash, right? And then you're like, oh, I guess I can pitch a blue and do these things. That's pretty good. That's efficient. But now I'm like, well, I'd rather just have like cards that deal damage. Yeah. Or block three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know what you mean. Because sometimes, right, like even if I have two blues in hand, say one is my block three and one I need to pitch, right? So then it's like I don't have any extra blues for peace of mind anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm also pretty low on it. But, you know. Um, yeah, so we just, we just draft, I just, so now I have drafted, I did one eight man draft. I just did a four man draft twice. And then we did a six man draft, which playing those numbers makes it more difficult in these unbalanced sets, right? Like if there's like two Rangers, two ninjas and four assassins and an eight man pod playing a four man draft doesn't, um, represent the ratios or the cards correctly but you still get to learn a lot about like how the cards feel and interact and like the heroes play and whatnot so um based on that uh you know brief brief education um i do feel like i've like learned quite a bit about the value system in the set you know what i mean Mm -hmm. totally do you think that one hero is stronger than the other heroes? Yes. I and think the, that Arachne is the strongest hero. You think so, huh? Yeah. Stronger than Azalea? Um, so because draft is like self-correcting or self-balancing or whatever, right? Like maybe he's not, right? Like maybe if you're the only Azalea or say you're the only ranger in your azalea and you got good packs right i think that will be the strongest deck at the table for sure yeah because um, i was just speaking in a vacuum kind of without being like totally because like what a you have this you know the same chance of getting red arrows in your pack as blue arrows mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i mean uh in theory right like i don't know if they actually if there is like a higher, you know, 0.04% for red arrows or blue arrows or yellow arrows or whatever, but you can assume maybe that the distributions of those things are as equally random or whatever, you know what I they mean? They seem pretty even. Yeah. <laughs> so you could just like wind up with just more blue arrows in the pod than red arrows. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because they both come in at common. So uh, that like severely hamstrings any sort of ranger strategy, um, which is, which is a bit of a bummer. I don't really think there's one hero that's particularly stronger than, than the others. You know, I just think that you, like there's a high level of skill to the draft is what it is. 
And if you can kind of, and there's a level of creativity that I was unaware of that was happening in Outsiders. Like I think Arcane Rising has a lot of mini modes with many of the cards for many of the heroes. And there's a like a nice amount of creativity in that draft as well. Um, and Outsiders kind of has the same because you have like these kind of tricky cards like uh, Virulent Touch and Feisty Locals and Snake, which you like to call it, <laughs> Spring Load. Uh, and that sort of thing. So you have like these cards that are telling you how to kind of play them. Um, and and then, then the creativity is in like how you fit those in the ratios of your drafted deck. You know what I mean? And yeah, that, totally. That has been exciting to kind of unlock a little bit. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm like, like brand new to this draft so it's hard to like speak definitively on it but i was giving you an answer in a vacuum to your question right which yeah, i do totally stand by um but for sure like if you're one if you're the only ninja out of eight and there's great ninja cards right your deck's gonna be broken and you're by far the best hero you know um it just seems like uh it ninja cards don't block and there's a lot of different combo lines, which makes it tough, right? And um, Riptide's in danger of getting fatigued. And Azalea has to have like pretty specific cards and like a good density of red arrows to, um, you know, capitalize on her hero ability, which are all fine. Like all of those things can happen and all those heroes can be really powerful. But I just, my default answer was like, Arachne has a weapon like good two, weapons actually two weapons yeah <laughs> well you know just a weapon in general um and all the cards block for three so you're you're at this point right where you can play uh you can pitch you can spiders by red prowl into something you know for four wither or whatever and then play razor's edge on it right if you need to or if you don't if you're just presented with something that's like too crippling to play that you can dial it back and all your cards block for three right so you can block for six and still play like wither razors or arsenal razors or whatever you know what i mean it's just so flexible um that your cards block so well and so you're it reminds me of old him right where you can block efficiently and attack efficiently depending on like what the turn calls for and um you know like uh with katsu it doesn't feel quite that way um and that's just like a very baseline take on why i answered it like that i do however think that the draft will truly have you know like four assassins so the, the power level of arachne will not be higher than the other heroes right because people recognize this that assassin is safe it's powerful it's good you know um you can't you can't only have two assassins at the table otherwise you'll everybody will lose right so i think that this will be um i don't think assassin will be better than any other hero it's just uh fundamentals are pretty pretty sound 
Yeah, totally. Which I, I, I totally get that argument. I just think, I suppose that every hero has the chance to be like really powerful in the draft, which I don't think that has been the case in some other sets, uh, that we've, we've had previously. And so, uh, I don't know what I'm saying that I just think that's cool. And, you know, the, I think you will get really rewarded uh, at the pro tour for just being really diligent about uh, reading the signals and trying your best to like draft your seat. And since the like games are so tight and the power level is a little bit lower, you can kind of outplay a lot of your opponents, even with just like, uh, you know, an average deck, you know what I mean? Uh, which is what I've kind of found uh, in in the testing draft games yeah. and whatnot in the limited zone. So like, you know, there's, I don't know. I think it's hard to get really, really punished. I guess. Is that making sense? I feel like I, I should mean, have, I should have written I think, down what I wanted to say when you were talking is what I should have done. <laughs> or before the pod. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm fine. Um, uh, I think you can get pretty hard punished for like misreading that, like especially Ninja or Azalea is open. If it turns out it's not, then your deck is bad. Well, right. yeah, but that's just like um, drafting bad. Like, uh, it, you know, you well, what could, do you mean by get punished then? Like in Uprising, sometimes you could just get like pushed into the Dromai seat and your deck could still be bad because you just have like yellows, you know? Oh, totally. You Don't know get I mean? me started. At Worlds, I had two or three Dromai cards for 10 straight packs and started picking them early to send the right signals. And then the guy two two doors down to my left was in Dromite. You know, like, yeah. What, what was I supposed to do? <laughs> but I think even if that happens in Uprising, your, your deck is still not going to be, like, that bad. Yeah, I definitely agree 100% with the creativity part. And, you know, while I tried to, like, look for the good or enjoy uprising or kind of like make arguments for it and appreciate it. It's like, it ended up to me that was just like a pretty bad draft set and a pretty bad experience. Um, and I'm like very happy that we're back to kind of this, like, I don't think it's quite as good to me as Aria, but it's like that it's kind of Aria esque, right. In that you can draft, these different classes and different archetypes within each class and that you can, like you said, get kind of creative in what you put together. Um, you know, like I said, you can just like Kadachi into humble is Katsu, right? And that's pretty powerful. And you yeah. can have like one, one combo line you're looking for to set up to blow them out. And the rest of the time, you know, you have block threes and you can like value them, um, you know, um, what do you, so yeah, I, I I will definitely be drafting my seat. I you know I'm not going to try to force anything. Um, yeah, 
just going to like draft what's at the table. And there's, there's always the risk of somebody like discovering the fatigue old him or something and blindsiding everybody with it. Like maybe if you specifically pick the broken Benji deck from pick one, um, you know, maybe that's the best deck in the format, but I, I don't know. So I'm just going to draft my seat to have, try to have an above average deck and then make uh, intelligent decisions in the game. <laughs> just basic classic plan. What are your thoughts on the hybrid cards? Do you feel like, I mean, so some of them are a little bit better in certain heroes. Excuse me, but do you think like how much of a margin is that? You know what I mean? So like, for example, like uh, maybe Death Touch and Virulent Touch are maybe a little bit better in uh, Riptide and maybe Azuri than they are in Arachne and Azalea. Uh, like how... How much because i've heard some people like you know and read that they're talking about that that like you know even though they're hybrid cards they might as well just be somebody else's class card like how do you feel about those cards it's a, a really good question taylor thanks um it's like i prepared for this podcast or something <laughs> uh, even though somebody said i didn't prepare <laughs> That's exp well, anyway. <laughs> um, so I agree with you, and I, I know what you mean. Like, Riptide has this really cool ability to get around, dominate with like loading a trap, um, and gets extra value and stuff. And like, certain cards, like, I know this isn't a, um, a hybrid card, but cards like Feisty Locals or something are like way better in Riptide than in like you know azalea or whatever but i found that a lot of the cards like red virulent touch or like death touch but let's just take virulent touch right like i played a couple of those in arachne and to me that card is good enough that it doesn't matter that it's worse in that deck like yeah maybe it's better in riptide but it's like to me it's worth taking an extra two damage and holding that card to arsenal it to then later in the next turn block for three extra and instead play virulent touch out of arsenal as your second attack because i think the card's powerful enough so while there is a bit of that workaround this format's just like slow and about exchanges and to me it's like that card's good right it's worth the two damage in the arsenal what about in my opinion right what about something like plunge so ninja assassin ninja and it costs one go again hits daggers Gives get plus one dagger plus one yeah uh it's only the next dagger gets plus one yeah sure. um i think that card's fairly bad <laughs> in, but in both okay so then <laughs> but, maybe a bad example i mean it's okay right it's kind of like a leg tap or something but you mean it's better in ninja than no i I'm just wondering, like, I mean, I think theory wise, it might be better in Ninja because then your dagger doesn't cost two, <laughs> you know, it's like better yeah, value. I, it's a one for two rather than a two for two <laughs> in, in, um, uh, assassin, your cost curve is like 
kind of rough. So then if you play that card and then play a spider's bite, it that costs you a whole blue. And then they're just like extra incentivized to block the spider's bite. So they get value out of their two block blocking that. And then they, you don't get any value out of it hitting. So I think that that's a pretty bad investment. Um, I mean, it's fine, right? It's like kind of one for four in, you know, uh, go again in Katsu. It's kind of one for four go again. But to me, I've just found cost curve wise, I kind of like, like just like hedge out better. Um, is it really good and bingy though? Like the yellow comes in for two hits and then it basically gives your dagger plus two. So now your dagger comes in for three. Yeah. Um, so didn't, does that, that then that make is, it like a better ninja card? But then here's the alternate scenario where it's your third go again attack for Arachne, right? So you play that first red one for three and then you get to go another red, another red. So you're doing nine damage off of, you know, one resource. You know yeah, what I mean? I, you mean your second go again attack? Um, yeah, sorry. I Your third so in attack. The, in the Benji example, it's still like one for four go again, um, which is good, right? Like the card's fine. It's just like, it's not part of a combo and doesn't, it doesn't like make any kind of break point except I guess now they block the spider's bite. If it applies there, I, I, I guess I shouldn't have said the card's bad. I just don't think it's special in any way. Well, that's not the argument I'm uh, presenting is just like, is it innately more one class than another for, you know, because it's a hybrid card. That's my, that's my point. Okay, for, for that specific example, I would choose it's more of a ninja, ninja card um, because you can Katsu fetch off of it. You just always want starters. Arachne just has starters to begin with um, because of his hero ability. And like like I said, oftentimes with Arachne, I've found you can like, you know, spider's bite or prowl spider's bite, whatever, you know, wither attack react or you know, you can just block for six and then attack for six or, you know, like oftentimes it's like, you don't need that extra. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, this was something that came up in my games yesterday was because of my late pivot, I had to pick plunges. And so there were like, I don't think it happened in our game, but in the other two games that happened, uh, I wound up, with like kind of a really good turn where just because plunge had go again, it allowed me to present a third threat onto the mm-hmm. board. Uh, and with the threat of then the stealth cards having perhaps an attack reaction, it was like a lot more uh, effective than I had previously thought. And I didn't even care about, whether or not it hit in using a dagger, but just the fact that I had like an extra go again attack to go, uh, you know, attack for three, attack for three, attack for three, uh, was uh, very good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think go again's very, very good in this set. You know? Yeah. It just surprised me because previous to, 
some recent games, I would have said, oh, yeah, not a great card. Probably run it in Ninja. Don't want to pick it up in uh, Assassin. And that's kind of like, I guess, also part of my point of the creativity of the set or your creativity as a person uh, could be like a factor. Yeah, well, like for that example, I think that it also is affected uh, by your personal deck or your deck building, maybe more than the class you're in, right? Because I still stand by the fact that it affects your cost curve, right? Because so if if I'm in Arachne and I want to play Spider's Bite Wither Snake, right, that's a blue. But if you're playing um, Plunge or say you want to play a one cost attack react, Right. But if you're playing plunge, then that eats up that resource. So you might have like more of an awkward hand and you might just have to block with plunge. And now it blocks for two. Again, as go again, it's like kind of a weird leg tap. It's it's good. Right. But um, totally depending on how your cost curve works out. um, Yeah, that's something to consider. And this is the the I think the beautiful nuance of i think where this set is for me right Mm -hmm. is like i believe we both have wonderful arguments for this arbitrary discussion but an important discussion when it comes to draft and like eking out the fucking little minuscule bits of uh value you can is like you can 100 percent see both sides and both points Mm -hmm. right and that's like what's really good about this set now now i'm on board before i was not on board i was like uh this is better than uprising but it's like the onion is is blooming as they say down under yeah i think i mean just so far it's been really really good um you know, enough to bloom yeah. Taylor's down under onion. <laughs> <laughs> or it's just like a, a good, uh, you know, three-tiered cake. Um, and like we talked about privately earlier, like something the set has brought back that I really am appreciating is the balance of cards in your deck versus life totals, um, which in some previous sets you've seen your pitch stack depending on the matchup and all that. But like this set really has this like, this is my best arrow and I need to pitch stack it after that hand. Do I really want to block with it? Because that's the value, right? And I have plenty more arrows, but like, is it like, do I need to uh, preserve these threats or blocks or whatever, or pitch stack them or arsenal something? Or do I need to like preserve my life or, you know, because it there, it really has been like kind of this perfect balance of like i have these two meters that are going down it's like number of cards in deck uh, especially considering threats in deck versus my health you know because i mean i i've already lost when i'm only have like yellow feisty locals in my deck you know like <laughs> it's like a very real thing to consider um so i've i've very very much been appreciating that yeah uh it's a a good set i wish that the pro tour coverage was doing like 
all right, we're going to follow Isaac Jessen on this draft and like see all of your packs and all of your picks and then catch up with you on how your games went and how your draft went. Like, I think that is such good content and would be so interesting specifically for this set as well. And this early, like would be, um, just so interesting as, as a spectator. Now I don't, I think the draft portion of pro tour is going to be the most wild part is we're going to have like shit happen where there's like four Rangers, two Azaleas, (laughs) two Riptides. And, you know, we're going to have like one assassin and everybody else went like ninja, you know, and it's just going to be freaking wildcats out there. Yeah. And you're like, how did that happen? You know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like it was crazy. People, you know, whatever, you know, uh, Levi, shout out to Levi was saying he's wondering if you can just do arrowless riptide. You know, mm. Could be a thing. Maybe I have no tech. I have no nothing. Just a crazy idea. And then maybe, you know, somebody who listens to us in Europe is like, ah, they found our secret, you know. But who knows? Probably not. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if there's enough of those cards in the set. But. Yeah, who knows? Also, this is something else. I know I may have been low on traps, but traps are better than you think they are. The hybrid traps, oh, yeah. way better. What I was going to say, that's a hybrid card that's really good. Yeah. I've been, so I've found that traps are a scary pick if you're like insecure in your seat because they don't productively win you the game, right? But if you are in your seat drafting a good deck, traps are like such a good pickup. I think traps are good, period. You know, like, they're block for threes that also have a relevant effect. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that's really good. If yeah, you can I agree. get the value I've off just, of those. I've just been in a situation where it's like red pump, or do I have enough arrows or do I have enough zero cost blues or, you know what I mean? And then I'm like, Oh, I guess Katsu can't use traps, but for example, right. Um, and then I like I get lower on traps because it seems like a a nice extra, <laughs> even though I don't think it really is. Yeah, totally. I th- I think there's some things in this set also that like on paper don't feel like they work. Like the whole like spiders bites are the b- great best example of this, right? That everybody I think can understand is like. Two for one is bullshit, but it's yeah. what it does is really good, you know? And there's a lot of things I think in uprising that are like that. And so I think the people that can figure out the actual value of something rather than the theoretical value of something are going to just bust ass in the draft. That's that's my final take, mm-hmm. which is maybe like lukewarm and regular, but I don't think so. Also, <laughs> well, I agree with your take. <laughs> <laughs> regardless of temperature, 
We agree. Anything else you want to say before we get into this new segment I've cooked up? No, I'm pretty excited. I don't know what this new segment is going to be. Um, Hell yeah. I don't. I'm like happy to share all my musings on this because I think that this CC meta and a new draft set are like very fun and very interesting. But I just like, yeah, I don't have any juicier tidbits. Um, unfortunately, sometimes life happens. But, um, you know, I regardless of performance, I'm just like very much looking forward to going and playing in the pro tour. I mean, nobody wants to like lose every game both days. Like that's not fun. Um, <laughs> you don't but, make day two if you lose every game, Isaac, <laughs> or maybe you do. Right, right. I don't know. <laughs> no, not at the pro tour, but um, you know, I'm excited to go and play regardless. I, I haven't gotten to play much recently and just going and playing that many high level games will be fun for my brain you know, regardless of how well I do. So, and you'll be the little spoon for Zane. So that's also like a huge bonus or this is big a spoon. weird. This is a weird, is it getting weirder? <laughs> yeah. You, the farther down my beer I've had the, you're, uh, yeah, you've been on this train for a long time. I just really look, I really like Zane and I'm jealous. You get to hang out with him and I wish right. I was hanging out with him. Okay. I'll tell him hi. He listens to the pod. He'll know my true feelings. It's fine. All right. What's your new segment? New segment. When I was thinking of this, I had a better name and I forgot it because I didn't write it down. So welcome to Pick Order Wars. With the Z. Nice. So basically, Is, I have. Was it Battle Snakes? <laughs> That's a different game me and you play privately. <laughs> uh, so the premise. I thought we were snaking cards, but yeah, all right, fair enough. Spill the, the beans. <laughs> the, the premise here is I have six different questions, and there's this is rapid fire. I'm going to give you two cards and you're going to tell me which one you would pick over the other one. And then I will either agree or rebuttal and then we'll go through all six of them and then we'll, we'll be at the end and it'll be done. Okay. You're going to give me the option of pack one, pick one between two cards. Correct. And I'm going to give you my, what do you call it? It's not like a Rorschach test. It's like an impulse test or whatever. Yeah, totally. So it's like, I'm going to maybe say something like, uh, you know, toxic tips or uh, mask of many faces. And then you just got to say like mask of many faces. And then I'll say toxic tips. And then that's it. You can't, you can't hum and haw and tell and give me your reasoning, et cetera. Cause then we'll be here for five hours. No way. I'm always very concise and don't speak slowly and say um a lot. <laughs> it wasn't a dig on you. It was more the nature of podcasting. No, I, was, I was digging it myself. Oh, okay. Cool. Just to be clear for everybody at home. Thanks. Are you ready now? Pick order wars. Round one. I'm ready to battle. <laughs> red death touch versus red fletch. Red Death Touch. Okay, awesome. 
I also will pick Red Death Touch. Fletch Red versus Red Razor's Edge. Uh, Fletch Red. Interesting. I'm going with Razor's Edge on that one. Number three. Ooh, Fletch's are rare, though. All right, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Threadbare Tunic versus Red Virulent Touch. Threadbare Tunic. I think we are in agreement on that one as well. Number four, Humble Red versus Any Color Hurl. Humble Red. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go with a hurl. You make me hurl. <laughs> mean. I know. Good one. <laughs> no, just with that pick, not like in general. Oh, okay. <laughs> Slightly less mean. Any color hurl versus a spike. A spike. Oh, interesting. I think I might have to agree with you on that one as well. Last one. Head jab versus be like water. Be like water. Wow. Interesting. Uh, I think I love this game. This is a great segment. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going with head jab. Ooh, nice. Why for the small cost of a whole resource more than head jab be like water can be head jab totally but you can like naturally combo head jab with just two cards is kind of why mm-hmm. it and is pretty good so i would rather good yeah i would rather just have it naturally rather than have to be a fakie well, but, I like being a fakie, so I'd rather have be a fakie. I know you like it. the you like the options. That's a good one though. <laughs> Number six I was most proud of. And that's nice. it. That's pick order wars. Let us know in the Discord, Twitter, comments on the YouTube, email, carrier pigeon, etc., what your picks would have been and how you feel about our picks. That's it. Pick order wars. Love it. Great segment. Thanks. <laughs> I I also didn't know. Let me know if we should bump that up to 10 rather than 6. Anyway, I mean, I'm having a blast. I could do probably 100. So. <laughs> maybe next time we'll just but do a whole we... episode on that. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sold. I love it. Sweet. I bet people would listen to that, seriously. Oh yeah. You get to eat- as you listen along i would probably listen to an hour of that on my drive tomorrow (laughs) and just play it's (laughs) maybe not there's only so many cards in the set maybe not 100 but you know (laughs) well awesome uh i think that's all i've got for this episode unless you have anything isaac nope sounds great sweet well good luck at baltimore obviously i'm rooting for you and i know this is your wheelhouse it's been proven just very little preparation going to a high level event you're going to do just fine i'm just an idiot (laughs) (laughs) but i'm having fun playing a game i love (laughs) and that's why the people like you better than me it's because of your uh rustic hero 
That's not vibes. true at all, but I'll take it. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, thank you everybody for listening. It's always a pleasure to have you here. Uh, please reach out to us and tell us how much you like the show, either in uh, sharing it to your friends and tagging us or leaving comments or reviews, etc. All of that stuff means a lot to us and helps us reach, uh, reach excuse me, a broader audience, and that helps everybody involved. So thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you, Have Isaac. Good night. You as well. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at the Attack Action Podcast. On Twitter, we are at BattleBro Taylor and at BattleBro Isaac. Shoot us an email, the Attack Action Podcast at gmail.com. If you would like to support us, like and subscribe, shop for singles using our affiliate link, or support our Patreon for as little as $4 per month.